Is the book of Genesis just a retelling of the Anunnaki creation myth? That's what we're going to talk about today on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Cub Cooker, but my friends call me Cub. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. It's uh, Sunday morning, guys, so welcome. I hope you all are having a beautiful day. Uh, we're going to get into some maybe shocking new data this morning, really just for this channel. You may have heard it on other channels before, and that's fine. But um, as I said when we started this series, I'm going to be giving my own spin to it, my own understanding. So uh, buckle up, because this is going to be an interesting ride as we continue through this study on the Anunnaki. What better thing to talk about on a Sunday morning than how the Genesis creation story is affected, um, changed, manipulated, or even adopted from the Anunnaki creation myth. So we're going to talk about that as I drink my coffee, <clears throat> get that uh, get that energy flowing this morning. What's up, Missy? How are you doing? Uh, Isa, how are you doing? Grand rising? Absolutely, my friend. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Jim says, hi, Cub from Iowa. What is up from Iowa, from Texas to Iowa? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Um, so uh, I got some cool artwork this morning. I've been working with some really realistic looking artwork. Um, all of this I make myself um, using AI technology. So um, really excited to be rolling out some new artwork and just taking our lessons to a whole nother level. What's up, Jason? How are you doing, my friend? Got a lot of Mythos in the house this morning. I'll talk more about them later. Mythos is my patron support community. Um, I'll share how you can get in on that later. Uh, but for the purposes today, this is the Cub Cougar Supernatural Podcast. We talk about faith, spirituality, and the world of the paranormal every single day. Uh, that's what I do. I do this full time. I'm very blessed, very thankful, very grateful to do this to everyone within this community. And what I'm going to share today is I'm literally going to compare and contrast the Enuma Elish, which is the seven tablets of creation. Uh, Enuma Elish means when on high. It comes from the very first line of the Enuma Elish. Um, if my math is correct, I think it's about five to 6,000 years old, depending on who you ask, what you read. Um, that's my understanding on it. Maybe even older, depending on the oral histories around it. Um, so with that said, um, we, we understand that like the book of Genesis is, is a more of a newer uh, text for our understanding. So I'll try to get the microphone out of my face there. Um, so with that said, um, the Enuma Elish is, is some old school data. Um, it was written on clay tablets uh, with cuneiform. They're Im impressed into the clay and then baked. Um, these things have been preserved for a very, very long time. Uh, which is just really, really cool that we even have access to these, um, in my opinion. So, um, we got a lot of people jumping on here. If you guys have um, questions, comments, prayer concerns, anything to do with the, the broadcast today, please drop them in the comments. So, we're live on Facebook and TikTok. This will be rebroadcast over on my YouTube channel as well as my podcast. You can find all of that at www.cubcookercubkuker.com. Um, hey, great question. Uh, Daddy Longlegs says, what do I think about the UFOs being spotted and downed 
yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, I think we're getting closer to like global disclosure, um, more honesty about what's really been going on. Um, you know, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist, um, but I definitely think that there's a lot more over our skies and over our planet than we want to admit. Uh, I think the angels are still here. Uh, I think the fallen angels are still here. Um, and as you guys know from watching my channel, um, just because they're called fallen angels in one text doesn't mean that that's necessarily the narrative. As we're finding out, uh, these narratives are adopted from a cultural point of view. Now, with that said, this, this study, as with all of my studies, my series, my sessions, um, I am just speaking um, and channeling source through me and trying to be sensitive to that. Um, to just let source speak as, uh, as myself, as what I'm doing here. Um, I do a ton of research, but I don't try to pre-formulate all of my understandings about this before I go live. I just let uh, the spirit speak through me. So um, with that said, do your own research, have your own downloads, your own revelations, your own understanding of this. This is merely my point of view um, for the purpose of just bringing this community together in love and light. So. Um, if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, if you're agnostic, if you're Zoroastrian, if you're Hindu, if you're Buddhist, great, welcome. I'm not here to tell anyone how to do their religious traditions. This is merely a thought experiment to open your mind, open your heart to like a what if, like a bigger reality that we're all a part of here. And that's really what I'm all about here. So we have so many different people from different walks and traditions, race, religion, orientation i don't care who you are who you're married to where you do or don't go to church you are welcome here that's what this community is all about i love this community i'm so thankful for each and every one of you so thank you thank you thank you we're going to get in today um, you can google enuma elish e-n-u-m-a-e-l-i-s-h i'm sure i'm butchering that people correct me all the time on how i say different words in this stuff guys i do my best uh you can go on YouTube and hear readings of these books and these texts and you're gonna hear a thousand different pronunciations language really is fluid um, especially here in West Texas we say things how we want so um, if you are um, an expert in grammatical correctness then uh, please forgive me so um, I'm gonna start with the fourth tablet here in the Enuma Elish and it says O Marduk thou art chiefest among the great gods by the way, um, everything I read is in the public domain. Um, I try to give you guys stuff that's free, that's PDF, that's downloadable online. If you want like the official versions with commentary, not the ones I'm reading out of, but uh, for your own studies um, with the actual copyrighted materials with people's retranslations and study into it, you can go to my website. I've got uh, an Amazon shop on there where I have Everything that we've talked about from Gospel of Thomas to Book of Enoch to uh, biblical studies to uh, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, we've got, um, I'm going to be adding the Enuma Elish, um, the Sumerian and Babylonian mythologies there as well. So I try to lay them out in study sections. So like if you're interested in Eastern mysticism, there's a section for that. If you're interested in Gnosticism, there's a section for that. So I've got everything kind of laid out easy on there so yeah this is my version of an Anunnaki God um, one of the things that we understand from like reading the text is they're not that different from us um, they are by all intents and purposes the gods because they're 
Um, they came down in fire and smoke and they uh, created us. They uh, terraformed our planet. They um, made all of the ways that we follow today from our financial systems to our political systems to our religious systems. That's all built upon these origin mythologies of the Anunnaki. Um, even Enlil in the mythology says that the systems and the cities he sets forth will last for all time. And guys, they have. Even though we've watched cities crumble and fall and be rebuilt, uh, it's still the same spirit. The same designs are there. Like it's it's crazy how um, how these these entities are so technologically and even spiritually um, higher beings than us, or at least consciously higher beings than us. Um, not beings, beings. <clears throat> as I uh, <clears throat> tried not to cough this morning, but. So I hope that makes sense, like uh, just try to understand that from that point of view for all of us that like when I talk about gods, um, I get argued with a lot. You know, there's one true God, but I argue that maybe we don't even need to call that one true God God because we we see that these are physically interacting with their people all throughout these mythologies. And then you hear, like in the Hindu and the Buddhist tradition, you hear about the uh, Parabrahman, the, the Supreme Being. You hear about uh, the source uh, in Buddhism, which is like the source of life and light within the self. Um, that is literally what Jesus was talking about in the New Testament. And he was speaking out against like these older mythologies of the uh, physical gods coming down and terraforming and making and creating. Um, and so it's a much different understanding when you read it from that point of view. So this is my version of uh, Enlil or Marduk or whatever, um, depending on, you know, how you spin it. Because even within the Old Testament, Enlil and Marduk both have qualities that were adopted into the Yahweh character. Um, and so, yeah, UFO mentality says, yes, Supreme Being. So if you guys want to know who I follow, worship, whatever you want to call it, I follow, worship, channel the Supreme Being. That's my goal in life. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it or some sort of wonderful prophet. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, that's what I seek. I seek that source, that purity, that light. When I was trying to worship and follow what are largely considered alien gods, um, I really honestly hated myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't uh, like others. I didn't understand uh, what love really meant. I didn't understand how to love and forgive myself, much less anyone else. And um, when I started understanding and I got more into the Eastern mysticism, Gnosticism, Hinduism, I started to understand like, wait a minute, there's a source. Uh, and all these other gods are like manifestations. Like they, they by, by the laws of the universe, they have to have the source within them, but they decide what energy they're rooted into and how they manifest that source, just like you and I do. Uh, the uh, people that are, you know, um, the, the histor historical uh, greats of um, oppression and unalivement. You know, there's always the argument of like, uh, did the, the, the big H guy, you know, the, the one that uh, did all of those horrible, horrible things during World War II, um, you know, is he, did he have God in him? And it's like, well, according to that, yeah, he did. He just chose to root that into evil, to root that into uh, the darker dimensions because it's still source within him. He wouldn't even be able to walk and talk without source. 
so like think about that like that the good and the evil in the world all are manifestations of source not that source is dualistic source is pure um, and that when we interact with the darker dimensions we interact with uh, things even like passion I think this is one thing that like the spiritual community uh, doesn't really understand is like passion is something that in the Hindu tradition uh, leads you back to reincarnation like you've got to be reincarnated whereas good rooting into good and if you look at the actual Gnostic version of Jesus uh, he talks about good all the time good 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 and it makes so much sense um, because good is where you do stuff out of service, out of love. You realize that you're not the doer. You are the channeler of the Supreme Being. Um, and that's a whole different thing. And if you're rooted into good rather than passion, passion can actually lead you to all kinds of different uh, sinful type things if you, if you want to define it that way. Um, and so it's really, really cool. Like I love getting into all of this and trying to understand spiritually what's actually going on here and and deconstructed from doctrine and dogma how can we understand the narrative that's going on how can how can we understand our place in this universe so uh why do i make him look whitish well he's bluish on my end so i don't know what you might want to adjust your screen but he's kind of got a blue cast to him here um we we don't know what these things look like guys everybody wants to argue about their skin color they could have been blue they could have been purple they could have been yellow green they could have been silver they could have been uh black white yellow red we don't know i mean it's like we you know what a small mindset if we're going to sit here and argue about what color the gods are like i mean let's just not even go there um because we don't a we don't know if they're real b um it's all mythological and then depending on what culture the mythology is in it's literally written from that point of view so they found all these sumerian tablets there's a bunch of different versions there's mesopotamian babylonian sumerian and depending on what point of view like what culture held them held that oral tradition and and put the clay tablet together uh their cultural god is the highest god within that uh pantheon so one version has Marduk is the one that's being praised. Uh, one version has Enlil is the one that's being praised. Uh, one version has um, where Tiamat is like kind of the, the one that's focused on the most. So it's really, really interesting. And you guys, again, go do your own research. But um, like we just have to remember, it's all point of view. Like uh, Jesus is whatever color you make him. Jesus is whatever culture you make him. Jesus is whatever timeline you make him because we're dealing with transcendental entities here, okay? Not uh, just physical entities. Like if you think about reincarnation, I've been here how many times before? If I'm here right now, I've lived in every culture, every timeline, I've experienced myself over and over and over and over. Um, so think about that, think about that. Like where, whatever you're born into right now, you're experiencing a point of view. That point of view is not finite. It is exponential through time. It is cyclical. It is also multiversal according to metaphysics. Um, and so if you understand like multiverse theory, there's infinite versions of yourself. You've lived in every culture, every tradition, every orientation. Uh, even if you are, um, you know, like I don't believe in this. You've, you've lived a point in your life where you believed in that. You've lived a point where uh, you've done atrocious things. You've, you've lived a point where you've uh, been the savior of humanity. Like we've all 
lived these. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have I done past life regressions? No, I have not actually. Um, it's not really what I'm into, but I definitely think it's like really, um, really interesting because a lot of people find a lot of data with that. Um, the thing I'm talking about is the Nephilim. So actually there's a lot of theories to say that we are the Nephilim, um, that the, the fallen angels, these entities, which are higher versions of ourself or races from another star system, uh, they terraformed, they did genetic modifications, they were the creators of humanity. Um, and if you view it that way, uh, absolutely river rat, we play all the parts. Um, if you, if you view that point of view, um, then I think it's really interesting because the Enoch story, you have to ask yourself, like, maybe the judgment on the fallen angels was not from the most high God. Maybe it was from, uh, one of these entities. Um, and so just think about that. Like, um, what if we are the Nephilim? Uh, what if we are, uh, the hybrid creations. Uh, what if we are the fallen angels? What if we're the children of the fallen angels? Like, that's that's a wild thought, and it's actually not that far off base mythologically. I don't take any of this literally, guys. By the way, so what I'm saying now is an all love. Um, so, uh, Serene, all love to you, my friend. Uh, Serene says Jesus had a culture and heritage and a specific land. Absolutely, he did. But Buddha had one too. Buddha and Jesus are essentially the same. Uh, Inky and Jesus and Buddha are essentially the same. Um, you got to like look at these incarnations or avatarships of these divine beings and, and even yourself um, are all within different, um, you know, different cultures, different time periods. So uh, now again, if you take all these texts as literal history, then you're going to run into a lot of walls with that. And you're going to run into a lot of internal uh, dis-ease and that's that's what I've been a part of unfortunately is that internal dis-ease of you know I've got to understand this from this point of view and I got to know what the timeline was when it's all fluid like it's all fluid and uh, we don't even have all of the origins of the data we have allusions to the origins of the data and we have to take it as that so um, Arog Free. What's up, brother? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Welcome, Arog. They say uh, he was the same for sure. Yeah, absolutely. As above, so below. Um, so, uh, Inky is not Jesus, maybe Enlil or Osiris. Okay, so you need to reread, Chris. Reread the mythology and reread the entire Bible. Read it from a different point of view. Understand that Jesus is the Lucifer character in the Bible. Jesus is the serpent in the garden. Jesus is the Inky. He is the trickster that enters the matrix to bring ascension and salvation to all. He took the punishment of the Yahweh character in the Old Testament, who was not his father. He never corroborated him as his father. He was speaking of a different father in spirit and in truth, the Parabrahman in the Hindu, the source in the Buddhism. Uh, Jesus understood the mystery schools. He understood the Hindu and the Buddhist tradition. And when you understand those, it makes sense. And, I, and I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that in love. Go study the Bhagavad Gita. Go read the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Go read the actual um, mythologies here in the uh, Enuma Elish. And it really, really starts to make a more complete picture that you go, okay, wait a minute. And so I say that in love because I was right there with you. I'm like, no, Jesus is the son of Yahweh. 
Um, but you have to like, when you start deconstructing a lot of the Old Testament, specifically Genesis, you see Marduk in there, you see uh, Enlil in there, and then you start to see like a lot of these fallen angels or judgments are more of the Christ-like spirit trying to help humanity, like trying to rescue them from the slavery that was put on the entire planet that we're still under now. This beast system everyone's waiting on is has been in effect. It is the thing that Enlil set forth. It is the thing that Yahweh set forth. Yahweh's description in the Old Testament is the exact same as the beast that rises up in Revelation. Literally down to the descriptors, it is the same exact entity and and when you see it you can't unsee it um and if you argue with me i i ask you to take that argument go into the text take about six months allow yourself to really deconstruct and be super honest with yourself and say you know i really want the truth like i really want to understand this on a higher level i don't need the doctrine and dogma i've got to understand this and really see where this is all coming from Boom! It it totally makes, um, it totally makes a lot more sense. Great question, Carl says. Uh, can somebody repeat the books? So the books that I study from, that I read from, that my understanding comes from, they are all on my website in study kits. But you can also get public domain versions of them for free online. They are the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Dhammapada. Um, those are going to be your Hindu and Buddhist texts there, and then uh, the Gospel of Thomas. The Gospel of Mary, the Gospel of Philip, those are all the Gnostic Gospel texts. Um, then I read, this is the Enuma Elish, E-N-U-M-A-E-L-I-S-H, and it's the Sumerian, uh, actually specifically the Babylonian mythology of creation. What we're about to see here, uh, John John says, you're a thousand percent correct, bro. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate that. Um, uh, Eric says, and you know I do. He he. Yes, yes, you do, my brother. I hope you're doing well, man. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Um, we need to reconnect. We need to reconnect, my friend. Um, okay, and I've got uh, Facebook over here. So um, let's see. Let's see. The imprisonment is of your imagination. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that's how, like, literally, the techniques that Jesus taught. He taught ascension protocols. Um, like when you step into the vibration of love, you begin to literally melt the construct away. You begin to melt the doctrine and dogma. He spoke out against the doctrine and dogma. He even told them, you're worshiping Satan. Like you're doing the will of your father. Like you don't understand my father's in spirit and in truth. No one stood before him. Adam didn't stand before him. Moses didn't stand before him. Abraham didn't st stand before him. Like no one's even spoken with him as a man speaks with another man you don't understand he's in the higher mind he's within the self he is within you you are the temple the kingdom of god is within you literally all of these are eastern mystic concepts from the cradle of civilization the og spirituality practices the metaphysical um practices that that make our reality literally magic uh, the mystery schools taught this, and we've this has been washed out of our entire society. And again, I don't care what culture you come from, what religion you come from, you can do magic because you are magic, and you've missed the point. And by you, I mean me, because I was raised in a tradition where the Bible is the living word of God, and I am the living word of God. Okay, the Bible is not the living word of God. I am, and you are, because the word of God, the word in 
the Greek is logos, L-O-G-O-S. And if you go look it up, you can look up the Greek word logos. Um, it says a spoken word, but by implication, and in a lot of the places, the, the implied meaning, especially like in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was the word made flesh, but also he said we are the word made flesh too. Like we are, he gave that to us. Like that was the whole point of him coming. He came to create Christ's, not followers, not traditions. Um, and unfortunately we see immediately like Rome took him, stole that message, started planting it in. And you guys know I'm not a big fan of Paul. Uh, I think it's really convenient that Paul was this Roman guy persecuting the early Gnostic Christians, and then immediately he becomes the mouthpiece for what we have as modern-day Christianity. Why is that, right? Um, and by the way, why, when you go to church and you quote all of these things, why are it like literally 80% of the things that you quote are Old Testament scripture or they're New Testament scripture, but it's normally from Paul or from the letters? Um, very, very, very rarely... Think about, it's like 2%, it's 1% of the Bible is the red letters of Jesus, the actual words. Then we find all these scriptures in the Nagamati Desert, um, which, which are the Gnostic texts, and we have this treasure trove of sayings from Jesus. But they're so uncomfortable because they're so mystic and they're so metaphysical. We go, no, 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 it's about salvation. It's about him going to the cross. Uh, it's about that whole thing. No, 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 we got to take the communion. You don't understand. This is how it's supposed to be done. That's where I came from, guys. And I can tell you right now, uh, it didn't bear fruit in my life. This is the only thing that bore fruit in my life because I began to understand the, the actual teachings of him and actually let him uh, manifest through me that same spirit, that one spirit of the body of Christ, all of us as Christ, all of us as one. Uh, that's, what, that's what I believe. That's what I teach. That's what um, I allude to within all of this. Um, and again, it's not a religious message. It is a metaphysical, transcendental message of spiritual practice as we practice over and over and over to get better, to believe that we are, believe that we have it, to have that faith, to step into our power. There's no power in the doctrine and dogma because all there is is arguing. And, that, and, and we see the fruit of that in the comments all the time, guys. Um, and so again, I'm not here to force anyone to deconstruct. I'm not here to speak out against anybody um, because there's plenty of people in here that get it, that are on that higher level, that are really working on their own spirituality, that go and sit next to their loved ones at a church, a synagogue, um, at a temple, wherever, um, and, and enjoy the process of that. But they also can hear the words and they hear the connections that maybe a pastor or a priest is making and they go, that's a good point, but and then in your head and in your heart, you can connect the dots and understand what the authentic narrative is and where it's coming from. So enough of me rambling. I want to read the text here. O Marduk, thou art chiefest among the great gods. Thy fate is unequaled. Thy word is on new. Henceforth, not without avail shall be thy command. In thy power shall it be to exalt, to abase. Established shall be the word of thy mouth, irresistible shall be thy command. None among the gods shall, shall transgress thy boundary. Abundance, the desire of the shrines of the gods, shall be established in thy sanctuary, even though they lack offerings. O Marduk, thou art our avenger. We give thee sovereignty over the whole world. 
Sit thou down in night, be exalted in thy command. Thy weapon shall never lose its power, it shall crush thy foe. So that's really interesting because then we get into the Psalms here. And we read, um, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name on all the earth. But if you read the actual Hebrew of that, it says, uh, O Yahweh, O Yahweh, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So now we have a name for this character here um, and how similar that is to this, this psalm, if you will, um, in the Enuma Elish. Um, and we just have to understand, like anybody can write a psalm or a song to a deity. Um, and that deity need only be more powerful than the person writing the song, right? Um, think about alien races. Think about them coming down to earth, helping build things like the pyramids, uh, Puma Punku, um, like all of these ancient sites that were just like, how did that even happen? How did a human carve that out like laser precision, you know, 10,000 years ago? It doesn't make sense. Um, and just think about this and, and, and it still happens today. It's called cargo cults. And so like, you know, there's, there's tribes and stuff that have been untouched for thousands and thousands of years. Um, and you know, even when like military and stuff comes into an area, uh, they will still make drawings and they will still, um, you know, make prophecies about these, these gods, these coming from the sky and from the water and like, in all these ancient tablets and stuff and the paintings and drawings we see in, in caves and sacred texts, um, you have these entities have wings. Well, think about that. Like they didn't have a way, like they're saying it's the bird man or the bird God or the star child or whatever, because they came from the stars at night or they flew down during the day as an eagle does like, uh, the feathered serpent. Well, think about that. A serpent is talking about a shining one, like the original mythologies of a serpent or even a dragon is talking about a shining one, one that glitters and glistens um, and comes down. And so there's a lot of mythologies on, is it their actual skin tone that glitters and glistens? Is it the craft that they come down in? Thank you guys for the stars, by the way. I'm really bad at asking for that kind of stuff, but you guys give me stars and gifts and stuff. It directly helps the stream. It directly helps my podcast. Thank you so much. Um, and so with that said, like I, I just I'm trying to connect the dots for all of us here, because if you've never heard this data before, it can be uncomfortable right here. You go like, I don't know about this. Well, but I've been taught this. And well, what if I'm wrong? What if well, remember this? Jesus didn't come to call righteous people. He came to call sinners to repentance. And what is sin? Sin is being out of vibration with the pure truth and light of God. Right. Or the source um, and so it's correcting your vibration. So correct your vibration. Stop doing the things that whack you out of vibration. Stop the lifestyle that whacks you out of vibration. I'm not talking about, you know, your lifestyle of who you're married to and stuff. I'm talking about if you're lying, if you're gossiping, if you're drinking all the time, if you're smoking, you know, like stop it. Get your vibration in order. Get your temple in order. Get into the spiritual practices and you begin to understand and reveal who Christ actually is, who that is in you and who the source actually is. And you can you can look at these texts and go, that's all good and well, but that certainly sounds like an ET to me rather than the source that Christ is talking about. Because remember, you got new wine and you got old wine. And let's preserve both. Let's respect both, right? 
That's why I can respect and, and honor all these pantheons of gods and understand that they are parts of the fabric of how everything works. Um, but I can actually look at the source uh, within me, that, that Brahman, and go, that is the supreme being. That supreme being permeates the entire ethos of creation, every iteration of every multiverse, every timeline, out in and outside of time. Uh, it is the thing that connects all of us as one living entity. Um, and that's what I worship. That's what I want to manifest in this world. So the true aliens aliens will come from the water. Definitely possible. Um, we actually about to see something here uh, within uh, the mythology. And I'm going to end today by reading some from Genesis. And then I'm going to read some from the tablets here. Uh, but I wanted you guys to see how, like, even in Psalms, because we've got a lot of people in our community that will quote Psalms. And you, they just assume that's about the most high God. But a lot of times, like who cast the shadow on the valley of death, right? Like it was uh, that ship of Yahweh or that ship of the angel of Yahweh, at least. Like, um, And again, this isn't against anyone's tradition, but it's just we have to think like a lot of the Old Testament stuff is definitely not corroborating what Jesus was saying. And he wasn't corroborating what it was said there. Now, all your commentaries... All your pastors, all your schools of theology and divinity are going to teach um, the connections between them. And, and we can see those connections, but in our heart of hearts and our logic center, we go, well, that doesn't make sense. How can God be all loving, but he just unalived a million kids? He just unalived a million people. He just flooded the earth. He just knocked down a tower because they were just trying to ascend. Like It doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense... Um, then maybe we need to keep looking and try to get uh, the narrative a little bit more in an understandable, digestible way. It's still fanciful. It's still wild to think that uh, entities from another planet came down and terraformed and did genetic alteration. But it is more believable at this point than trying to understand that Jesus' loving, pure Father, who, who is light and no darkness at all, somehow is the same thing that dwelled in darkness, that wanted sacrifices, that unalived people, uh, that was judgmental, jealous. It's just not the same characteristics. And so our logic center, not in our brain, but in our higher mind, in our heart chakra, tells us a different narrative. And when we tap into that, we start to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And that is ultimately the metaphysical magic that Jesus taught. So um, in my humble opinion, by the way, all of this is my opinion. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, so we read that in any Bible. Great question, by the way. What Bible do I recommend? Um, I recommend the Septuagint, uh, which is going to be the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And then I recommend a good uh, Greek representation of the New Testament. Um, I like the World English Bible um, because it's going to put like Yahweh where Yahweh should be in there. It's going to put... Um, Elohim, where Elohim should be there. It's going to put um, a lot of different things like that into place. Um, but always, always, always have a companion of looking at the Strong's Greek translation of the New Testament because it's going to give you, it's where I've found all the connections to understand what Jesus is actually talking about um, and really be able to connect the dots. This is This is not a one and done thing, guys. Anybody that thinks that you know, oh, I bought this book and now I'm going to get it all. I literally am reading source texts from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. I am praying. I'm meditating. I'm, I'm letting this 
this supreme being, this light just speak through me. That's, that's all I can do here. Um, and so when I say that I wish there was like one place you could go and it would connect the dots and tell you this is truth, there's no law, there's no universal law, there's nothing that says truth has to be written down in, an, in its entirety uh, in the perfect narrative from A to B for your understanding because truth is within you. Um, you will have eyes to see and ears to hear. That's why Jesus spoke in parables. That's why all the great ascended masters spoke in parables. It was, it was laid out for those that are hungry for it, that get it, that want their own water, want to be the well. Um, and it's not about just having like this inspired word of God book that has everything in it that you'll ever need. Uh, because honestly, we have to look at, um, I believed that for a long time and I suffered for a long time. And of course there's still suffering in the world. Uh, but I've been able to heal myself. I've been able to heal family lines. I'm talking about emotionally, uh, spiritually, metaphysically here. Uh, those are things that, that unfortunately, um, we just don't get if we're, if we're only reading one text, if we're only reading one thing to try to give us our understanding. So, um, I hope that makes sense. And there goes my green screen again. I got to get closer, I guess. So it doesn't like it when I drift away over here. So, um, so I've got this in beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, actually here, if you're reading Strong's, um, we're going to look at the Hebrew Strong's here, which is, if I can click on it, uh, number 430, and it is Elohim. Uh, and this is a great thing to do to look at the Hebrew. So you can actually get a Hebrew translation of the Old Testament as well. I, I try to read both. Like, again, it's not a one and done. It's, it's kind of a bigger, a bigger narrative here. So what's on my mugs? Uh, Truth That Travels asks. It's just a cool design. Um, I love this mug. I wish I could find them and, and sell them with my own designs because I love this mug. If I ever drop it, it'll be a sad day. So... Uh, but the word here for God, you know, if, if you just pick up your average Bible, it's just going to say God or Lord. And this word here, and you may have heard this before, but if you haven't, this word here is Elohim, which is in this use a masculine plural, which is the gods. Okay, so even in Genesis, in your Bible that you have sitting on your shelf, the actual translation of that is Elohim the gods created the heavens and the earth mind-blowing guys mind-blowing jason says i feel like only a few will realize it um and it's not meant for everyone to understand cub the most high um dot 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 i can't expand comments sorry uh but thank you jason i appreciate it yeah and you're right it is an eyes to see ears to hear thing this message is for all but not all will receive it right um, and so that's, that's why I try to approach it in a way that, that as many people as possible can digest, can track it from point A to point B, start to do their own internal work and continue on their journey. And we have how many people hit this community up and go, I can't believe I just bumped into your video. It's weird. You know, it's not weird guys. You were drawn here. You were magnetically drawn to this community because truth is in you and you're seeking it deeply. And what we're sharing here, not a lot of people are sharing with this spirit. A lot of people that share this data come from a very conspiratorial point of view. They come from a very worldly point of view. 
Uh, they come from a point of view where they're just trying to deconstruct everything. Um, I'm trying to make sense of this and try to understand who Jesus was in all of this, who Buddha is, who Krishna is. Uh, I'm trying to understand who the Supreme Being is, trying to understand what these little G gods or sons of God, as they're called in, in Enoch, are, because all of this actually connects. And if we look and connect the dots, have a big enough picture, Melissa says, yes, absolutely truth that travels. Um, then we can actually put together a bigger, deeper picture within our own heart of hearts and ascend to a level where, um, as the, um, the Gospel of Thomas says, uh, that when, if you seek, you will find. When you find, you will be disturbed. Upon being disturbed, you will marvel. And upon marveling, you will begin to reign over all, which means you become a co-author of your destiny and the destinies of this planet um, you become a co-creator of God Most High, or the Supreme Being, the Truth, the Light, the Way, the Spirit, um, the Good, the Good in all, um, and you see God in all, and that's a that is a, a transcendental place to be outside of religion and tradition, uh, because those systems were set up by people that probably had you know a good intention at first and then you end up with all the humanity around it and the systems of control which ultimately emulates the same systems of control that, that these entities like Enlil or Marduk set out to put upon the earth to stay in control even if they're not here physically their uh, legacy is still here so my question is from the inky point of view or NK um, I know I say it wrong, but uh, that's just how it comes out of my mouth. So uh, from that point of view um, is what legacy are we building? And we're not trying to tear anything down. We're trying to build a new kingdom, right? Uh, we're trying to manifest the kingdom of the Supreme Being that is already within us. So um, anyway, so uh, Marduk took, took control when Enlil left for Nibiru. Absolutely. And we actually see even in the Old Testament, like, characteristic changes for God like and, and they, that's why I said Marduk and, and Enlil have like it's almost like those were adopted into Yahweh there and and guys I'm gonna have to quit streaming on TikTok if they don't fix their green screen so um, because I really don't like them watermarking my videos here so I think that's all they're doing at this point is they're watermarking videos so they can find them elsewhere and, and reclaim them later that's just my conspiracy but um, so thank you for your support. Hit me up on YouTube, by the way, if you want to find the free stream of all of these. And as soon as YouTube does a green screen, I'll, I'll uh, stream over there. But um, So yeah, uh, the gods created the heavens and the earth, right? Like what, what a weird um, thing to understand. And then we get back over here into the tablets. And uh, in tablet one, it says, and this will blow your mind, guys. When in the height of heaven was not named, and the earth beneath it did not bear a name, and the primeval Apsu who beget them, and Chaos, Tiamat, the mother of them both, their waters were mingled together, and no field was formed, no marsh was to be seen, when the gods none had been called into being, and none bore a name, and no destinies were ordained, then were created the gods in the midst of heaven. 
So here's interesting too. They're talking about two different waters that are mingled here. Then you see the separation of the waters in Genesis. Um, they talk about no gods were created um, other than these two um, entities, basically, that are commingled in the water. And then um, as you get into Genesis, you see uh, God said, let there be light. Again, this is talking about Elohim or the gods. Uh, let there be an expanse in the middle of the waters. Let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place and the dry land appear. Um, and then you hear about waters above, waters below. Like um, It's just all this kind of retelling of these mythologies. Do I know 100% what it means? Absolutely not. But uh, there's definitely a really, really uh, weird connection between this text, which is thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, um, and retold from oral histories from before that, um, and then the adoption into the, the Genesis book uh, within the Old Testament, which is uh, kind of a conglomeration of a bunch of different mythologies and understandings, uh, which is probably why, and this is my theory, probably why the word Elohim was just kind of put in there because it was like, yeah, we're going to take what all these gods did and we're going to simplify it and here's how it was and then here's how our God, from that cultural point of view, then stepped onto the scene and actually we're going to tell the story of that God. So um, I hope that makes sense. So very, very interesting. Great point, uh, Megaboo says. Um, so I'm going to talk more about water later on because Jesus is very connected to water. Um, there's, you know, we've got a lot of weird things with water and the biblical canon too that that i think will make more sense as we continue through the seven tablets of the history of creation or the enuma elish so i hope that for today at least opens your mind to a curiosity a, a eternal curiosity to understand uh while we don't have to be right and we don't have to have the narrative down 100 percent whatsoever it's just important, I think, to question, to dig deeper, to get a bigger view. The bigger view we have, the more love we can have, the more we see God in all things, uh, the more we see God in the eyes of a cow or a dog or a chicken or a cat, uh, the more we see it in our fellow man. We see it in, in the, the person who's homeless on a street corner. We see it in the person who's on television. We see it in the person who lives next door to us. We see God or source. Uh, the Brahman in all, the supreme being. Um, so, uh, great, que uh, great question, Wit. Uh, Wit says, hey, Cub, do you think that the only way to contact extraterrestrials is through a satanic ritual? Absolutely not. Um, is the only way to contact a human through picking up the phone? No, you can contact them through any, you can contact them through the internet. You can, you know, call out their name in the wilderness. You can... Uh, send a letter if we if we even do that anymore um, and that individual um, may be good or may be evil they may be rooted in good or they may be rooted in ignorance which breeds evil um, and so with that um, just the same way in contacting extraterrestrials some of them are still angels of light here to protect here to manage resources here to uh, take care of the earth and and by extension us uh, we got to remember we are the ones that are trapped on the ground here. We are in the 3D. Um, and we've been bound to this planet. The only way to ascend is to ascend. Um, and 
so Ascension Protocols. Um, Dr. Stephen Greer does a great program called the CE5 Protocol, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind Protocol. Um, I'd love to attend one. There's not any around here. I would have to go to Oklahoma for it. Um, but I really, really like what he's doing because it's all about meditation, pure intentions, um, opening up your heart chakra, and these entities come and they're playful and kind and they give good feelings and, and good downloads. People have reported like uh, healing a lot of trauma in their life, stuff like that. So now if you go out and perform a satanic ritual or you're on uh, any kind of drugs or something, then yeah, you can definitely call forth darker entities that want to mess with you or avatar with you. Um, but when you're in control of your heart chakra and the good within you and you're manifesting the pure source of the supreme being within you, then you're only going to call those angels of light or those extraterrestrials of light or whatever you want to call them uh, to you. And we got to understand that our mythology is on angels too. We think about them as like robed men or women uh, with big wings and stuff. Again, the wings are representative of the flight, right? Like that's where, and you may go, I don't want to believe that angels are extraterrestrials. Well, they can manifest, they can project holographically, telegraphically, uh, uh, telepathy, whatever you want to call it. Um, they've got so much technology, guys. Um, <laughs> great question. Uh, Bishop uh, says, uh, define drugs. Um, yeah, so with that said, the, um, I'm going to say that it is um, anything that is synthetic, um, anything that's man-made. So uh, you got to think if, if humanity's put their hands on it or altered it somehow, uh, you get a good chance of calling forth other entities that want to highly alter rather than set forth the origin and the ascension of humanity. Um, anyway, yeah, that's, you know, Mary Magdalene, uh, Plac practiced plant magic so you know you guys do what you will i'm not here to define that for you but um yeah mega boost says 100 percent, absolutely so um you know with that said those things with altered states it's what state are you in i've seen plenty of people guys plenty of people take good good medicines good uh plants um and turn them into negative things in their life um turn them into anchoring themselves into lower dimensions, anchoring themselves into more fear, into more uh, ignorance, uh, especially when they mix it with things like alcohol. And I'm not here to speak on all of that, but I just, there's, uh, you, you, you need to be wise. You need to be wise. So um, I will probably do a series on all of that at some point um, because I know you guys, there's a lot of questions about that, a lot of questions. Intention needs to be set. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's why I, you know, go out in the morning with my cup of coffee and bathe it in the sun and set my intention for the day. It's, you can take anything and set the wrong intention. And, and it's easier even when things are more powerful and you've got things like um, the things that we were given to, um, to see more clearly with our third eye. Um, and you, you distribute them or manipulate them into some sort of fun experience rather than a spiritual experience so uh, learn from it and um, you know for for all intents and purposes you do you be careful be safe um, and I'm not here to um, support or uh, come against any of that but I think that um, when I speak of the the D word 
I gotta be careful with the algorithm here. I know I'm talking around myself, but if I'm not careful, this will get flagged. So um, with that said, when I'm talking about the D word, I'm talking about you can walk into any convenience store in the country and pick up a bottle of drugs. You can pick up uh, a tall boy, you can pick up liquor, you can whatever. That, that thing right there will manipulate your mind and put you in a low vibration quicker than anything you can do. Um, and so we want to talk about that all day long. Uh, that's why I do not consume alcohol whatsoever anymore. I, it's been about seven years now, I think, since I've had a drop and uh, I don't miss it. I don't look back um, because there's a whole nother reality that's born out of opening the third eye, raising your vibration, aligning your chakras, and you're just not the same person you were when you were anchored to that vibration. Um, even think about the way it's made. It is manifest from matter that is literally dying and producing toxic biochemicals. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, great. Uh, Candy says, oh, I thought the word, D word was divination. I support di divination, by the way. I mean, Joseph was a diviner. Uh, Melchizedek, you know, we've got Jesus is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus literally took the punishment that was made for sorcerers. You know, the, the Yahwehist punishment that uh, Yahweh in the Old Testament uh, wanted them extinguished. He wanted a certain amount of lashes. Like, that judgment was poured out on Jesus himself. And, like, we, you got to think about that. Think about it. Uh, why would Jesus have to take the wrath of his father for us? That makes no sense. That theology makes absolutely zero sense, guys. You know it does. You know it does. You sit in church and you hear that, um, and you don't question it with your heart of hearts. Um, and if you do, you're, you just stuff it down and you go, well, I guess God just is, so it is what it is. No, 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 guys. Question it, okay? Like, trust me, the supreme being can handle questioning. The supreme being is probably giving you the question anyway, trying to get you to open your eyes to the authentic reality of who you are. So I love you guys. Thank you, TikTok, for just marking my video all up. I'll have to repost the uh, Facebook version of this because I don't like them, you know, marking my videos. So, um, Or I may end up moving to where I do the recording here um, on Facebook and then distribute that to everything to the podcast. And then TikTok will just be kind of uh, the secondhand one over here. So, Sorry, TikTok. Y'all need to do, do better. Do better. Uh, because I don't have any issues with my green screen on Facebook. So, um, with that said, guys, thank you for the support. Look into this for yourself. You know, again, I'm not here to disprove anyone. Just open your heart and mind. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I think even people that argue with me, they argue because they don't want to go through the discomfort of admitting that they're wrong. I have been wrong a million and one times in my life. Trust me. Um, and thank God that Jesus said that I didn't come to call the righteous the righteous because I don't need to be right in this I just need to be authentic so uh, Jolly says what's my Facebook um, it's uh, facebook.com slash cubcooker c-u-b-k-u-k-e-r um, you can't miss it I'm not verified yet but I will be soon um, it's got like we just hit 280 something thousand followers over there so um, people have been copying my account all around the place. So, um, the best way to find all my accounts, 
cubkuker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Say it again, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. And that's going to forward you to my stand store with all my social medias, including the podcast, easily accessible there. You can just sweep through all of them, follow, uh, like, comment, subscribe to all of them. You can also find out about our patron support community, the Mythos community. Uh, we've got a private Facebook group. We've got uh, private live calls on Saturdays. Uh, we also have a private YouTube channel with that too. So if you want to support me at nine bucks a month, help me show up here every day like I have been, that's a great way to do it. And if you love what I'm talking about and you're already deconstructed and you're like, man, I'm ready for the next level. I want to step up into warrior status. Um, I know that I'm called to something. I know like I'm a light worker, an empath, a star seed. I know that I'm something. Uh, maybe you had psychic gifts from when you were a kid. Maybe uh, you just know things. Maybe you put things together easier. Maybe you've always questioned uh, what the common narrative is and you're waking up from the matrix or you're already awake from it. Then Charisma Light Warrior Academy is open now for new students. You get the Mythos membership with that, by the way, so you can still do the live calls and interact in the community. And it's only 29 bucks a month now. If you want to join in that, support what I'm doing, uh, I think there's about 70 video lessons in there already. That's going to double in the next month. Um, it is absolutely incredible. So if you're ready to just step into warrior status, be a light warrior. Uh, again, this is not literal, guys. This is a spiritual light warrior status. Step into that. Start shining light into the darkness. Um, I literally teach in there everything from deconstructing and reconstructing to um, your belief systems, your operating systems. I teach yoga and meditation in there. I teach how to wield authority over your financial wealth. Um, literally all the things that you need. Nobody else is doing this. Nobody's done a complete course on all of this. Now I'm going to give you all the tools, the tips, the tricks, lead you video by video. The videos are about between five and 10 minutes long. Uh, very consumable daily. There's challenges with all of them. And it's one of the best places you can get going right now to step deeper into who you authentically are. And one of the things I encourage in this course is it's not just my system, guys. I'm going to teach you my system, all my proprietary stuff that I use personally. But you're going to develop your own. And you're going to have the opportunity when you go through the course day by day to go, how can I develop my own system? How can I help my friends, my family, myself? And by the way, might my destiny be to step into professional spiritual practice and start my own group, my own mission, my own ministry, my own uh, whatever, my own spiritual practice. Um, and so we go through all of that from spiritual giftings to uh, ethical practices around this, uh, everything you need. Again, whether you're doing it personally or professionally, nobody else is doing a course like that that I've seen. So go check it out. Thank you for the support. I will end with that. I didn't do a lot of marketing in the middle, so there it was. Thank you, guys. I try not to put a lot of commercials on these, so thank you. I love you. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Go on a walk today instead of watching that big sporting event because all they're going to do is argue about it afterwards anyway, right? All you're going to do is get programming coming into you. Re-listen to this. Go on a walk in nature. Find yourself today. Have your own super day on this Sunday. I love you guys. Hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day. God bless you. Thank you for the support. Peace.